Father's Day. All right. Um, so, as, you know, I, I wanted to address this, this dad's report card a little bit, too. Um, I had given it to my kids yesterday. And, uh, you know, as you look at it as a dad, you kind of know where, where you might drop the ball, where you might get a C or a D. Um, and, uh, and those things are good. I mean, it's good. I think they're, it's good for us to kind of look at, see where we can improve, um, and uh, see where we're doing okay, too, though. Like, that's something that's important for us to, to honestly see, honestly look at how we're, uh, how we're being, you know, as a dad. And uh, so I would encourage, you know, my, my kids didn't want to put their names on them when they filled them out. So they remained anonymous. Of course, I could tell what, you know, the level of writing and stuff. So I'm like, oh, all right. So that's what you think, you know. More, more punishment for you. Um, no, but, uh, and, um, and I know, like, one of, one of the uh, uh, battles with the Mother's Day, Father's Day, it seems like they're always in contention kind of thing, you know, message. You know, Mother's Day tends to be very, you know, supportive of moms, and Father's Day sense, tends to be more like, you know, pull up, pull your, yeah, put your big girl pants on and grow up, dads, let's go, you know, and uh, so I tried to figure out how do I, how do I do that, but I couldn't, um, so now it's, you know, we're going to have to just go with the traditional Father's Day message, no, but I, but I wanted to, um, to preface it with this, being a dad is, it's no, it's not like, you just know how to do it. You know, it takes work. It is hard work. There's a lot of things that dads do that, like, they're going out and grinding all day. Some jobs stink. You know, some jobs are tough. Some people like their jobs, whatever. But they're still out there grinding to provide for the family. Those, that, that's noble. That's good. You know, when you see dads in the family, that's good. So you're doing something right. So I want to encourage you with that. That's a good thing. But we can always get better, right? So, and I think that um, one of the things that, that we tend to, uh, as men especially, tend to kind of um, really get a hold of is a challenge, you know? So I think that's why the messages tend to be more challenging, you know? And that's good. That's because it's touching men where they're, where they're at. Um, so a lot of you guys had heard you know, my, my testimony, a lot of you guys know me. I mean, I didn't have a, a dad as an example. You know, I grew up without that. And I was a young dad. Um, at 19, you know, my oldest son, Joe, is in the back there. Hi, Joe. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I, was, I was young. I was a kid. I was a kid trying to raise this child. So I didn't know anything. I didn't know what to do. So it was a, a, a difficult thing. Um, but, praise God, you know, like, uh, you know, I was saved at the time, but still didn't have all of the answers, you know. We don't have all the answers. But it's great if we have um, godly people around us, men who are examples of what it means to be a loving husband, a loving father. <clears throat> That's good. The church is important for that. Another good reason for us to come together, because you don't get that at home. So, I would just encourage you guys with that. Um, on the way in here, I, you know, I, 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 this was ready yesterday, which is really cool because sometimes I'm working and I'm like, I don't feel like it's done. And, and, but 
So on the way in this morning, though, you know, I do a lot of thinking while I'm driving. I do a lot of thinking about what, what the message, how to present it, what is it, is it, is it cohesive, is it, co uh, you know, does it work? Uh, is it saying something that's useful for the body? Is it saying something that's, that, can, that can grow the, the, the body? And I was thinking about something, and this is kind of like a little, little side, but, but I think, it, I think it enhances the message a bit today. And I, I, was, I was thinking about this statement that um, somebody who I, who I really appreciate, uh, Jordan Peterson, he, he, he speaks to a lot of young people. A lot of young men hear his messages, and, and their lives are changed because of them. And he says that if you, if you want to understand your, uh, your purpose in life, if you want to understand meaning in your life, find the heaviest thing you can find, pick it up, and carry it. And that is, it's such a cool principle. Because if we take responsibility, if we, hold, if we pick that responsibility up, and we put it on our shoulder and carry it, we're going to grow. And we're going to, that's the only way to get through, to really learn how to be what we should be as men. And I would say, and it was kind of a, a thought that I had, um, what would be the heaviest thing I could pick up? And then it, the scripture came to mind that says, um, where, where Jesus says, uh, um, deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. If there's anything that is weighty, anything that brings purpose, it's taking up the cross of Christ and carrying that. And, and now, there's also a scripture that says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we carry that cross, but we pick it up and put it on our shoulder, and Christ comes alongside and walks with us. So that's a good, I think, foundation for this message of what it means to be a dad. If we're willing to take up the cross of Christ, and we're willing to carry that, the Lord works with us, and we're going we're gonna to do the things that we're going to see our children grow and get a foundation and grow into the image of Christ. And that's the culmination of everything. That's where we want to be, right? So, um, so we have a, a passage to start with, and it's pretty long, and we'll go through it, but I, it's so cool, because I was, I was using, I, I started with a, a verse, right? So normally I've been going through the book of John, and I'm like, okay, so this is a Father's Day message. Let me see how, you know, how is this going to work together? And then, um, so I was praying about it, and the, I felt the Lord gave me a verse to use, um, and it was in Micah, and we'll get into that. But that's not the verse that we're going to be working on today, but it is involved, and it's so important. So hold on to that. We'll get to that, right? So, but the, the passage that we're going to work out of today in, uh, in general is Exodus 19, 1 through 17. And I think that the Lord gives us a great image of what it means to, for, for dads if we put ourselves in this place, for dads who are responsible for people who, are, who have children, I think, it's, I think it works really well. So bear with me because this is um, uh, it's a, a different type of message than what I've been doing. So Exodus 19, 1 through 17. In the third month, 
after the sons of Israel had gone out of the land of Egypt. On that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. When they set out from, from Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness. And there Israel camped in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God. And the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, This is what you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the sons of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples. For the, all the earth is mine and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. Then all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also trust in you forever. Then Moses told the words of the people to the Lord. The Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their garments and have them ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. But you shall set boundaries for the people all around, saying, Beware that you do not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall certainly be stoned or shot through. Whether animal or person, the violator shall not live. When the ram's horn sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. He also said to the people, be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. So it came about on the third day when it was morning that there were thunder and lightning flashes and a thick cloud over the mountain and a very loud trumpet sound so that all the people who were in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. All right, Lord, I just ask God that you would bless this word that you would bless our time here, that you would, you would move in our hearts to hear from you today, to not just be hearers, but be doers, that we would be um, just be motivated to take another step to be more like you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just speak through me, that I wouldn't be a distraction at all, but that I could just be just a, a vessel for you to just work through. I praise you, Almighty God, and thank you. You are so good. And uh, so I lift this up to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> okay. So let's look at this passage and let's go through it. Because there are six different points in this passage that I think are important. Sorry, Aaron. Not three points. I have six points. So we're going to be here till two. I'm kidding. Um, and no extra charge. <laughs> Fantastic. But if you want to put more money in the, you know, it's fine, of course. You know, uh, baby needs a new pair of shoes, baby. Um, okay. <clears throat> and uh, so, but there are six points in this. And I think, they, I think they line up so well with our responsibilities as a father. And let's look at the first one in, mo in uh, verse three. 
And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, This is what you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel. Moses went up to God. Moses entered the presence of the Lord. This is the first thing in anything we have to do. This is the first thing. This is the thing that puts us in the place where we need to be to take on any responsibility. We have to be in the presence of the Lord. We have to receive from him. We have to be willing to humbly present ourselves and be broken before him so that he can point out the areas that need to change. If we're willing to do that, it's so good. This is a personal thing for us. Moses didn't sit outside the camp or at the bottom of the mountain, but God said, come up to me. He entered the presence of the Lord. What does that look like? Hebrews 4.16, Therefore, let's approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace for help at the time of our need. We have an open door. We We sang songs today about the doors flinging open. The doors are open wide for us. If we, as fathers or anyone, take advantage of that and make that a point to enter in to his presence in prayer, and not only in prayer, because look, this is what you shall say to the house of Jacob. We need to be in his word. We enter his presence by being in prayer and by being in his word. If we will make that our point, we will have a foundation. Ephesians 3.12, in whom we have boldness and confident access through faith in him. 2 Timothy 2.15, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a worker who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. This is for us. This is for us. This is something we need to do as dads. We need to be this first. Proverbs 35, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. We need the Lord's help. We need to deal with this first. This is where we receive the things from God for those we're responsible for. As we spend time with him in humility and honesty, we pick up his character, his love, his traits. If we get to know him personally, that's where those changes take place. I thought, whenever it was, when I was talking about the the, uh, walking in the light, being in that humble, honest state before God, allowing him to shine his light on us and being broken before him. Brokenness is where it has to happen. We have to, and honestly, if we go before God, right? If we go before God and we're truly seeking him, there is no other place we can be but broken. There's no other place but humbly broken before almighty God because he shows us who we are. We see how far we are. We'd never go to him arrogant, right? We never go to him and be like, "Ah, you know, God, I'm so good. No, we know. We see, and he is, I was, I was picturing this, and like we look at ourselves in a mirror, but it's kind of a, an odd mirror 
Because as we look at ourselves, we see who we're supposed to be. So we're getting that reflection back, and that image is Christ. You know, so God has given us his word. As we seek the Lord in his word and by going up to meet God where he is in prayer, entering into his presence, we have what we need to bring to our families. God said, take this, what I tell you, and bring it to your, to your people. That's our job as dads. It's our job to enter his presence. It's our job to hear what he says, and it's our job to give it to those who we're responsible for. That's our job. Our sincere relationship with God is the foundation for our families. And I get it. Like, it's hard, right? Being a dad sometimes is hard. It's, it's tough because, again, we, we go out, we work hard, we come back, or, you know, we struggle because it's like, oh, man, I'm so beat or whatever. I get all that. But the state of our children is our responsibility. Ephesians 6.4. It's on page 3, so remind me. Uh, uh, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Dads, it's our job to do this. It's our job to get ourselves where we're supposed to be and bring the word to our children. Verse 4. <clears throat> you yourselves have seen what, it, what I did to the Egyptians and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. It's our job, dads to remind our kids how good God is. It's our job to show him where, show our children where the Lord has blessed us, where we've seen a move in our lives, where we've seen the miracles, where we've seen lives changed, where we've seen things happen in their lives. Remember, remind them to remember where God has been faithful because God is faithful and good. The world is warring against that all the time, saying God is not good. We have to remind them. That's our job. Had so prevalent through the Old Testament, especially when you're going through the Psalms. Psalm 77, 11, 15. I shall remember the deeds of the Lord. I will certainly remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and on your deeds with thanksgiving. Your way, God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your strength among the peoples. By your power, you have redeemed your people. The sons of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. It's our job as dads to point our children's eyes to God's amazing faithfulness, his amazing works. We have to direct them that way because they're being drawn the opposite way all the time. We need to be the strong shoulders to deal with the difficulties of life. To be there, and in order for us to be that, we have to be there ourselves. We have to know where to go. We have to turn our kids' eyes to God. As struggles come, and they will, we need to be continually directing our children to God's goodness and grace. No matter what happens, God is good, he's true, he's real, he's loving, he's patient. We need, to, we need to push this. We need to say this. We need to show this to our kids. They'd come to us and we lead them to him. In verse 7, <clears throat> So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set before them all these words which the Lord has commanded him. 
as fathers, it's our job, as I'd mentioned before, to bring the commands of God to our family. It's our job. Deuteronomy 11, 1 through 2, You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his directive, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commandments. Know this day that I am not speaking with your sons who have not known and who have not seen the discipline of the Lord your God, his greatness, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm. And then 11, 18. Uh, yeah, eleven eighteen. You shall therefore take these words of mine to heart and to soul, and you shall tie them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets on your forehead. You shall also teach them to your sons, speaking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, and you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. This is our job. This isn't the youth minister's job. It isn't the pastor's job, first job. We do have a a responsibility as leaders in the church, as teachers in the church. But dads, it's you first. It's us first. We have to be, we have to know this word and then give it to them and train them up in this. This is our job. If we love our kids, then these words are going to bless our kids. It's not the school's job. We, oh, my goodness. We can't give anything over. How important is this today? I mean, it's always important, but in our time to look around, how important it is for us to draw our kids close to us and teach them the word of God. We lay the foundation, and that's our job. We look at pastors and teachers, and they, we figure hey, they got this all figured out. I don't have to do the hard work. It's not true. It's not true. We have to do the hard work. We're called to be that as men, as fathers. In verse 9, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud, so that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also trust in you forever. As fathers... We need to allow our children to see the Lord working in our life. We need to be the example to them. We need to show them how to pray by example. We need to show them that we go off by ourselves. And this isn't what Jesus was talking about when he said, don't do this in front of people. This isn't for the reward. This is to be the example because that's our job. Show them how to do this. Show, teach them how to pray by example. Teach them to read by example. Teach them to trust God by example. Show them we, that we can learn. And we don't know it all. Sincerity breeds trust. Your kids need to know you're real. It's so important. It's so important that they see that sometimes you're broken. Sometimes you're hurting. Sometimes you got to be, I got to go be with the Lord. They need to see you in prayer in the prayer closet. They need to see you praying with your mother, with their mother. They need to see this. We need to bring that example to them. They need to see us praying for help, crying out for forgiveness, crying for a loved one who's suffering. This is reality. This is real Christianity. This is what they need to see in us. They need to see real Christianity. As we show them the reality of our relationship with the Lord, 
they, they will gain trust in us because they'll see that we're real. And then they'll come to us knowing they can get the answers that they need. They'll trust us to give them something useful. Now, we don't have all the answers sometimes, and that's why this is important. But you don't want your kids going somewhere else to answer the hard questions that are going on, especially today. Your kids who are struggling with depression or have a, a question about this gender ideology stuff, or maybe I just don't, I, I'm kind of a tomboy or I'm a little feminine as a, as a boy or whatever. You don't want them going somewhere else to, to get these answers. You need to be that person who can say that they trust, who they'll come to you. And you get that trust by being real, by showing them, I need God as much as anybody. I mess up too. If they hear you, if they trust you, they'll hear you. If they hear you, they'll hear from the Lord because you hear from him. Verses 10 and 11. The Lord also said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their garments and have them ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. We as fathers are called to consecrate our children. What does that mean? Consecrate. To sanctify, to set apart, to be made holy, to be clean, to keep them unspotted from the world. It's our job to be the guard. It's our job to watch that. Man, like we were talking about, Steve is talking about dedication. You know, setting the kids apart, setting the parents apart, setting the church apart, the family apart to help that child grow up in the, in the uh, admonition, the fear and admonition of the Lord. That's dedication. We need to do that as, as dads. That's our job. We need to, to watch what is going on in their life. We need to, um, we need to keep... We need to do everything we can possibly do to keep our kids clean. What are they watching? What are they listening to? Who are their friends? What are they learning? It's so easy to allow things that can defile our children into our homes. It's so easy. The more time you spend with things that are a little off, the easier it becomes. And then it gets worse and worse. And then you're like, what the heck is going on in my house? Oh, man. It's so important that we're vigilant, that we watch for these things. We have to be wise. Jesus says, Matthew 10, 16, <clears throat> Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, so to be as wary as serpents and as innocent as doves. Our children need to be in the world, but not of it. We need to sanctify them in the truth. John 17, 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Ephesians 5, 26. I know this isn't directly to children, but I think it works well. So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. We need to be in the word. We need to sanctify them and keep them clean.
The world offers nothing but lies. World, world makes it super easy. And I want to say something else too. It's okay for your kids to be different. Set apart, holy, it's different. Exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit is different. If your kids are doing that, that's awesome. That's where they should be. Kids seeing their fathers as someone they can trust is different rather than some blithering buffoon on TV. Caring more about good character than what Facebook or TikTok says is different. These are good things. So kids are okay to be different. Ephesians 5.27, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she would be blameless, uh, holy and blameless. It's our job as fathers to do everything we can to get our children ready to meet the Lord. There's a cool side note too, which is kind of neat when you read that passage in, in uh, Exodus that we're going through, and he talks about the third day. Jesus was resurrected on the third day. That's where... It's like they're meeting the Lord on the third day. It's so cool. I love that. It's just neat how that all plays together. <clears throat> we are also, and I want to I go back because we go to back, back to verse 6. Because it says that they're, we're doing these things, right? Or we're consecrating them. That they're going to come and be kingdom of priests and a holy nation. First Peter backs that up. And he says that we're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own possession. That's where they need, that's where our goal should be for our kids. This is where they need to be. A chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's own possession. Different. Sanctified. It's our job. Verse 12. But you shall set boundaries for the people all around saying, Beware that you do not, not go up on the mountain or touch the border of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. It's our job, dads, to set boundaries for our kids. That's a tough thing, you know, like you hear, oh, you know, boundaries. They need to learn that no means no. That's a boundary. Why? It's just because you want them to not do something? What, is, what does it say? Whoever touches the mountain shall certainly be put to death. The boundary's there to protect the child. It's not fair for the kids to not have a structure that they can feel safe and secure in. That's what boundaries do. They protect them from outside things. They protect them from chaos. If you want chaotic children, don't give them boundaries. Boundaries destroy chaos. They look to us as dads to provide safety, to provide comfort, to provide security. Of course, they'll test it, you know, that's just how it works, but that's okay. The boundaries never go away. Like uh, I referenced this in the first message, but um, when I was a young dad <clears throat> and uh, my first son, not mentioning any names, Joe, he was like two, and I was, so at that time, I would have been 21, and uh, sorry, my nose runs a little bit, 
apologize. And uh, I remember, like, I, I know the principles. You know, as a young Christian, I'm like, oh, you know, I want my kids to, to I want to be, I want to be, you know, I want to have good kids. So I'm like, okay. So I tell him no, and he, you know, and he, he doesn't listen. So I swat him on the butt. I sit him down. I say no. He gets up. I, I swat him on the butt. And I'm like, the whole time I'm like seething with anger. I start like, I'm like, oh, why doesn't he just listen? You know, of course he's two. Um, and uh, might have been a little younger actually, but still, you know, so I'm like losing it. And I remember going and talking to Steve and I, and, and I was like, I don't know how to deal with this without losing my mind. And Steve was like, well, listen, this is what I do. So I take the kids I explained to them that, listen, if you do this, there are consequences. These are the consequences. So you're explaining consequences. Then um, they do it. Then you take them aside and say, listen, you understood the consequences. If you do this, you're going to get this. And so you, they know. You give them the consequences. Then you take them and say, listen, I don't want to have to do this. You give them a hug. You say, I do this because I love you. You have to learn that no means no or whatever it is. And that just calms everything down, you know? Because you're not, but what's good, good about that is the boundaries never go away. The boundaries are solid. And that's how you enforce them. You know, you can do it in love. You know, look at what the scripture says. I mean, what does, does, Page three, right? Yes. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Proverbs, Proverbs 19, 18, discipline your son while there is hope and do not desire his death. I like the living, the New Living Translation for this one, which is a great study Bible. You know, if you want to, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. It's a good Bible to read for, for clarification. Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. It's true. Proverbs 23, 13, Do not withhold discipline from a child. Though you strike him with the rod, he will not die. Proverbs 29, 17, Correct your son and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. Proverbs 13, 24, He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Proverbs 3.12, for whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, just as a father disciplines his son in whom he delights. Hebrews 12.6 references that as well. And then Revelation, Jesus is talking to one of the churches, those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. It's so important, and this is our job to set boundaries and to discipline the kids. And it's not because we hate them. Because we love them. We want to see a future. Because if we don't do it, we're, we love them. The world doesn't love them. The discipline out there is a lot worse. And if we don't do it, they'll get it somewhere. And they're not going to get it. And it's, and it's going to be a lot more painful. You know, so um, there's another... Um, Jordan Peterson reference. I just like the guy. Sorry. He has a lot of good stuff to say. 
Um, but in one of his, one of his books, uh, 12 Rules for Life, there's a rule <clears throat> that says, don't let your children do things that make you not like them. It's a great statement. Because think about this. If you don't like them, but you love them, how much more are the people who don't love them dislike them? And then, what kind of world are you setting them up in? A world full of people who have animosity towards that child. It's a bad place for a kid to be. It's our job, dads, to, to do these things. Boundaries are part of life. If we want our children to honor us truly from the heart, we need to show them that we see the pitfalls that lie ahead. We see what's around the corner, the difficult things. And if they listen to us, they'll be safe. That's the goal. So why do we do all this? Verse 17. We touched on that already, but I want to get into it a little more because it's good. Verse 17. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. We do all of this so that our children can meet God. We become the example. We do all of these things so that we can bring our children to a place where God is not my dad's God, but my God. That they see, I can trust God because I trust my dad. I've seen this. I've seen a life of, of, of godliness worked out. I've seen this. I, I know God's real. I've learned it my whole life. I've seen it with my own eyes. We have to do everything we can to get our children ready to meet God for themselves. That's why we do these things. If I'm willing as a father to put my children's needs, needs before my wants, expectations, personal proclivities, presuppositions, supposed rights, personality traits, that I am loving them the way that I'm supposed to. It's a lot there. I can say it again because Jamie's taking notes. <laughs> if I am willing as a father to put my children's needs before my wants, expectations, personal proclivities, presuppositions, supposed rights, and personal traits, then I'm loving them the way that I'm supposed to. What does that mean? There's a little bit of depth there. I need to be willing to let God change everything about me so that they can be, so that I can be ready to present them to God. And be willing to allow God to clean all of that stuff out, even my own personality traits. I might have a personality trait where I'm harsh, you know, or I just am abrupt, or whatever. That may need to change. So, okay, let God do it. Become more like Christ is the goal, right? If that's our goal, and we do it, and we take that step, and we work towards that, and the Lord works in us, then our kids will see that. Like I said, they'll, 
They'll be like, I can know God because I've seen him. I've seen him working in my, my dad's life. Ephesians 5, 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. <clears throat> we need to be what they need us to be, regardless of how bad a day we had or how tired we are. We have to put ourselves aside. It's the goal. Like, that's what we we're called to do. That's a hard thing to do, right? It's a heavy burden to carry. That's what we're called to do. So in summary, we'll go through this. We've got a whole page yet, so don't get ready up here, Joel. <laughs> um, as fathers, we need to, one, be in the presence of the Lord, in prayer and the word. Secondly, remind our children of God's faithfulness. Thirdly, bring commands of God to our families. Four, let our children see our sincere Christianity. Let them clean, keep them clean from the world. Number five. And six, set boundaries for their protection. But in all of this, there's something else that I think is so important for us because we can apply some of these. Maybe we can do it a little wrong. Maybe we can have the wrong attitude in it. So I want to direct you to a, a verse of scripture that the Lord, this was the one that I was going to build the message off of originally. In Micah 6.8. And it says, He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. If you apply that to all of these principles, all of these things, you're going to be setting things up real good for your kids. Dads, we have to be just with our children. We can't put unattainable requirements on them. We can't be inconsistent. We can't treat them as less than us or others. Be the same person at church as you are home. It's a big deal. So, so I've been there. You know, I'm great at church. I get home and I'm an idiot. You know, so we can't do that though. It's not just. It's not fair. Speak to them like you respect them and care about what they have to say. We need to be patient with them. We need to discipline them fairly. The Lord has entrusted them to us to get them ready to meet him personally. We need to be the image of Jesus to them. And dads, we need to treat our children with mercy and kindness and not speak down to them or yell at them. We have to be the ones in control. What are we doing if we're yelling? We're not in control. And dads, we need to be humble. And this is a big, big deal. Not only do we have to be humble before God, real before God, sincere, but we have to be humble before our kids. This is so important. So important. I've had so many times in my 
life where I have messed up in disciplining my kids or have said the wrong thing or, or was just unkind or something. And there is a principle that I learned from uh, IBLP, which is Bill Gothard Institute in Basic Life Principles. One of the key things, I mean, I learned some really, really solid stuff there. But one of the key things that I learned was how to ask for forgiveness. And I would encourage you, if you take anything out of this today, learn this. When you ask for forgiveness, you don't say, hey, sorry, you know, I messed up. You don't say, hey, sorry, but you did this. That's not asking for forgiveness. It's looking for a way out. It's not touching on the real issue. When I've done and been wrong to my children, which I have many times, and I had to go to them humbly and say, listen, I'm sorry I was like that. Will you forgive me? If there's anything you get to learn how to ask for forgiveness, because if there's anything that's important in Christianity, it's forgiveness. I've, and it drives me crazy when I hear someone say, in, in the church, a brother or sister, say, I can't forgive them. Man, you are in a terrible spot. Whoa, it's so bad. But being humble before your children and being willing to say, I messed up. Will you forgive me? Give them the opportunity to do that. It's so important. So we need to be just, kind and merciful and humble in all of this that we do with our kids. Luke 6, 42, and I'll end with this. How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. We've got to get ourselves right. Dads. So, all right. Let's pray. Happy Father's Day.